This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by United legend Paul Parker to talk over the last couple of weeks at the club. First of all, obviously, excuse my throat, obviously, got a little bit bit of a chest infection at the moment, just um, getting my way through that. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your comments and questions in. If you're watching the replay, say hello. Feel free to comment, we do reply. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe on the platform you're listening on. Uh, first of all, Paul, how are you doing? You all right? You have a good New Year's? As good as possible, Wayne, really, I suppose. <clears throat> Christmas is a bit different. Great news, um, more inclusion with the grandchildren, which makes it hectic. And all of a sudden, you're, you're counting, down, counting down the days till it's over. <laughs> That's it. Um, great. Um, I'm all people now. Gets into the um, into the vocabulary, doesn't it? It can have too much of a good thing, um, but not as far as United are concerned. As as long as they're winning, it's always a good thing. I wanted to start on a couple of comments that you've made in the press because I read the comments. I'm like, oh, Paul, Paul's been talking, so I better get it from the author's mouth. Um, you made a couple of comments over Rashford and Maguire. Yeah. Uh, I'll get to Maguire a little bit later in the podcast, but we'll start with Marcus Rashford because obviously he's been playing really well. Long-time viewers and listeners will know your opinion on both of these, but we've only done one podcast since the World Cup. So I thought it's a good place to start with. <laughs> now, he came out after the Everton game and he said he thinks it's the best form of his life, certainly when it comes to goal scoring. I think that's a fair shout. When you look at his, his contribution to the team, it seems a little bit more stable. Um, but then again, these seven wins in a row, a few games in a row with a goal for Rashford, and I guess the argument is: is it good form? Is it a good purple patch? Is it the indication of something stronger? I read your your comments. I know that in the past you've said he scored goals this season, but not necessarily played well. I think it's fair to say he's played better in this period than he was at the start of the season. But is that the basis of where you were coming from? Is that you feel like he still needs to improve a little bit more to before before we start talking about him being in, in great form? Yeah, I think I think that's about it, really, Wayne. That's that's how I see it because I just believe that people look at things and they just see goals 
and they won't move. They won't move. They just see goals. What when he scored? He scored so and so, and he's got so many assists, and and we've come very stat orientated. I think a lot of football fans have had stats pushed in their face rather than watching games. And maybe I'm I'm quite critical because maybe the teams that I played in and the teams that I've watched over a number of years now. And when people talked about players there, when they haven't played well, they haven't scored goals, but they've given unbelievable performances. And I look at Marcus Rashford and goals have got have, have got him off the hook. A goal has taken away 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 25 minutes of horrendous stuff we've seen, running, running into cul-de-sacs, thinking he can beat three players by running in straight lines and things like that. So I am quite critical, but I'm still a realist that understands that some of the goals he has scored have been quite important goals. There's a lot of them that have come at the back end of a win, later goals when when the win's already there, but still, he has still scored goals. I don't think you can ever take that away from him. But, I, you know, I still think there's still bits of his, well, a few bits of his game that still need tidying up. If we want to talk about him playing really well, and scoring goals, and I still think there's still a way to go because even when you look at some of his games, and if people were to watch the game again and just put his goals aside, and you look at exactly what he had, what he does, what he brings, then you might say to yourself, the goal has covered over a few cracks. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair um, analysis of it, and I sort of knew that from from what I was reading. Obviously, the headlines and the comments are one thing, but then I, I know your opinion on him, and it's not necessarily to do with his run of form. It's to do with that balance against the expectation of the club. And, um, and, and the fans as well, Wayne, by the way, because the fans, because he's a local boy, they push even harder for him. They want him to do seriously well because he's a local boy. You know, all clubs are the same with their local players, but Manchester United, the ones who are throwing up there more than most because of their reputation of young players and, and what is, is part of the foundation of the club. And I just want him just to get there and be there for the right reasons rather than goals disguising, you know, disguising what have been some kind of lacklustre performances, really. But I mean, I mean, the flip side of that argument is, or the flip side of the conversation is, if he becomes a goal machine where he's scoring one goal every one and a half games, so he's getting thirty to thirty-five goals a season, then they can mask the performances. And we're looking at so far Burnley, Wolves, Forest, Everton. You know, I'm not, I'm not disparaging Marcus's form at all. But you just said there about um, local players and, and the fans wanting them to do well. I'm, I'm behind Marcus. I think his form is incredible at the moment. But the point of what you're making, that's where he needs to step up to because it's all right saying he's a good run of form. And I think it's a part of a wider conversation about the likes of Dallo, Shaw, Martial, who's gone missing in a few games lately, that you say, all right, they've improved, but United's level of needing to improve isn't about getting into the top four anymore. It's about seriously challenging and we all want Marcus to be part of a team that challenges, but obviously that level needs to improve for him to get there as well. And we'll see because we've got some big games coming up. We'll say we're going to be seeing what you know if it is form, if he goes disappearing, or if he steps up. I mean, if he steps up and he scores the only goal against City, the only goal against Arsenal, 
then we're having a different conversation in two weeks, aren't we? That's the point. Well, Wayne, you won't you won't be speaking to me, mate. I'll, I'll have to go and bury my head in the sand somewhere. Uh, I will be. I will be. I'll drag you on to talk about it. But let me bring that on to the wider point about United's recent form then, because we are talking about Burnley, Forest, Wolves, Everton. And we've talked about good runs of form before. When you and I started doing this podcast, like almost exactly four years ago, Ollie was the caretaker manager. We had a run of wins. And we were like, you know, this is good. The good feelings back at United. But you were never fully, not saying convinced, because I think that's unfair to Ollie. But it always felt like you're not sure how long it can last. I, I know that you have some, well, we, everyone's got the same concerns about this squad and how long it can last. But it, does it feel more like it's a stable team, a stable run of form than what we've seen in this last six or seven years? Or maybe even ten years? <coughs> Sorry, that bit in the end there, Wayne, because you're croaky. <laughs> I said, uh, the point is, do you think that this run of form, I guess post-World Cup, oh the first the few weeks before that post city really do you feel like it's the most stable that we've seen the club and I, I guess i'm gonna say six years but we you can go back to fergie as well um it's a, it's the most in in the sense of i'm looking at games now and there's always that belief there's, there's always now there's more feeling now that united are going to get a result than what there's been for a long long time and it's about an all all round rather than thinking if that player does this and if that player does that, there's a chance. When now I think you can look at it a little bit more collectively than what it, what has been in, <clears throat> in a number of seasons. With any any manager, anyone cares to name after um, Sir Alex, I would say this is the clearest it's been. There's a better picture now than what there's ever been before. We don't know how long this can continue because I think it's almost out of the manager's hand now how far he can go. He now needs help. He's given a, he's put down a decent foundation now, a really, really good foundation for where he wants to go and what he can do. Now he needs helps, help to add a little bit more on top, you know, and I don't know, hopefully they can go beyond the bungalow. But, um, you know, that, that's what it boils down to. The, the manager can't do more. Everyone can see what he's got there and everyone knows the strengths and the weaknesses of everything there. You know, the, the starting 11. They, they, everyone's got the opinion of a starting 11. The best the, the best starting 11 now would be a lot closer now than what it's been in a number of seasons because everyone was opinionated because of certain players was grating on people. But everyone's, everyone's got a good idea now. And you put 10 people from all over the country, supporters, into a room and you say, pick your starting 11. They wouldn't be far away now as what they were over a number of years now. Yeah, there's like one or two players there. You would say Shaw, Malassia couldn't contend, but you, you're going to pick Shaw at the moment. You, you're looking at the attacking options. They go natural, could come in, but likely you'll start with Anthony, Martial, and Rashford. So there, there, there are options, but it is right what you said. Ten Hag has remarked upon it as well. There's a small squad, and I guess a lot depends on a what United can do in January. We'll talk about Legos in a moment. Um, but B, whether or not they can all stay fit, that's going to be a big thing. Well, um, I think you find as well, Wayne, is that when, the run that United are, are on will encourage players to hang in there. Yeah. 
that's the difference. When you're in the position there at the moment, you want to be around and you want to grab that adulation that's going this moment on. You want to be among it when they're winning. So it's amazing how certain players will hang around, will be around and maybe not feeling things as what they as what they were feeling before. It's it's a great healer winning games, by the way. It's the be- one of the best medicines in the game yeah. to be around to be around a winning team. Maybe I need to get down to Carrington then, man. Get rid of my sore throat. Um, <laughs> all right. So you you also made a comment about Harry Maguire with the captaincy, and the airline went somewhere like um, relieve him of the captaincy now and put Bruno there. And what, I did want to ask you about this because, I mean, I'm not opposed to the idea overall because I think the time has come for a change but I look at I, I just question the wisdom of doing it mid-season do you I mean I, I, I guess I'm asking your clarification on that are you are you talking yeah. about when Maguire eventually goes or do you think like the club should make a statement by saying taking oh Bruno's the new captain it's, I think I mean that's the thing it's a headline so I can't control the headline my, my thing is is that at the moment, the manager seems to when he's, when Harry's not playing, he gives it. Bruno's a captain; he's on the field, so I don't a hundred percent say that it should be Bruno. I don't think he's a he's a, a captain of Manchester United. He just there's you need a little bit more than be than being seen as one of the better players to be a captain of Manchester United. You need more qualities than that. Um, but my way of looking at what's got what's happening now is. Is that Harry's not play, He's not playing. He's he is not the. We have to look at it. Not the second. He's not the first choice centre half. He's not the second choice centre half because Luke Shaw's coming in on that left hand side. So it seems like he may be third choice centre half if we look at it. So if you understand where I'm going in that one. No, absolutely not. I, I, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. With that. Um, yes. So. What what I'm kind of getting at is that every time he comes on the field, doesn't matter what minute it is, he's looking to get the armband back on. And I just think, and I think I've said this before, there was you know the situation with um, with Robbo and Steve Bruce. Yeah. And Robbo wasn't playing because you could understand it. Roy Roy King turned up, and it was Roy and points in that midfield. There was a Brian McClare who was doing a good job as well when he'd come in and done it. And Robbo wasn't getting the minutes. So I'd imagine something must have done it because they were such great mates. Is that Robbo's virtually just said, when I come in the field, please stop giving me stop giving me the armband. Don't give it to me. You know, I'm not playing anymore. I'm always going to be that same person as Robbo is, as the, the words go, club captain. He's the... The focal, still the focal point because he's a still a you know still a player at Manchester United. He's still the person we look to, regardless. He's off the field, off the field, which is where we where he was just as important. We'd always still relate to Robbo, but on that field, Steve was Steve was what he was. He was a vice captain, but he was the one who was leading the team out. He was the one who was captain. So when he started a game as captain, he would finish a game regardless of Robbo coming on. There was no big thing. And it, it, a few times when Robbo come on, it was always given to him. But Robbo's gone, no, <laughs> no, you're doing it. You carry on doing what you're doing. Yeah. And I think it, I think it needs it needs that now because I, I'm looking at him and I can see it. You see it. And always, he's looking for that armband all, all the time. And I just think if you're going to, if you're going in a direction, the direction should be universal and the players should know 
the players know already. So why this kind of kidding everyone along that he's coming on and he's a captain because he's he's lost that edge now. That what was there isn't there anymore. You know, and it's virtually like virtually taking him out of his misery, in my yeah. opinion. It's a it's a funny thing because I mean you you're quite right with Robson. I remember stuff like that. You know, club captain doesn't necessarily mean team captain all of the time, and it happened in more recent years. I think Gary Neville was club captain and never didn't always take the the armband when he was on the pitch. Um, it is I, the reason why I asked about the possibility of making a statement now is I look at the manager Paul, and I look at all of the major decisions that he's taken. You know, I know a lot of people say the Pogba and Lingard things were already decided, but he was manager and he was in post at the time that they went. There were three big incidents with Ronaldo, the pre-season, Spurs and the interview. Um, Garnacho and the indiscipline there, giving players chances to prove themselves with, you know, Rashford, Martial, Shaw, the discipline with Rashford over Christmas where he took him out of the side. Every decision that he's making, all the big ones, he, he's getting spot on, but they're kind of situations that he's having to deal with rather than making himself. Now, I do wonder, and I guess this is the point I make, I'm pointing, pointing to you, is if he wants to do something like that, he's kind of creating that situation himself and maybe he doesn't need to do that considering that he's he's done so well with every major decision so far. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree with everything you said there, and I like the way he's going to handle things. He has, he hasn't got, he hasn't suddenly burst out of saloon, carry, you know, gun on it, gun on it, gun in each hand, and saying, right, I'm ready for action, and trying to yeah. look for it. He's dealt with it as it's popped up in front of him. But I just think it's something, and maybe I'm talking, I'm talking about different characters now in the game compared compared to when I was playing. I think there was more maturity, more men who were playing football then and what there are now and when you talk about Robbo and Steve Bruce you're talking about maturity at their, at their, at their, t- at their young age at that time and they you know they worked that out between them you know Robbo was virtually saying you don't have to run across to me and make a point of giving it to me everyone knows we yeah. all knew as players even the majority of the fans the fans still know know now Robbo's status. Robbo runs onto the field now. Anything, even come on the field, people expect him to have an armband on because they, but then yeah. they'll go, well, you don't need it because we know what yeah. you are anyway. It's as simple as that. So those, and so he just virtually said to his mate, don't give me the armband. And, 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 that's, and that's what it needs. I think yeah. that's what it needs. It doesn't need the big kerfuffle and, you know, I'm noticing it. I'm seeing it every single time. You know, I'm watching it. You know, yeah. and I think three separate occasions just in the last four or five games, Harry Maguire's come onto the field and every time you can see his eyes, he's looking and he's he's not... First thing is, go there, grab armband, go there, start my starting position. And you think to yourself, no, focus on coming on the sub and doing your job for the team. Yeah. That armband doesn't make a difference. Your presence is the most important thing, one of the most important things on the football pitch, your presence and persona are there as of what you need to be on the football pitch. The rest of it is, you know, will will come along. But Robbo had a presence and he didn't need an armband to prove a point. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the, the other side of that is, and I, I, I do sometimes say this to you, Paul, is that your standard and Robbo's standard as a club captain is 
up there and we're not there at the moment. And it, it's funny to see, um, not funny because everything you've just said there, I haven't really picked that up with Martin Maguire, but now you've mentioned it, I'm like, yeah, no, he does, he does do that. It is running on and getting the armband. And it is, it is one of those things. The, the other thing is, not that this is worthy of conversation, really, but it's just a point that I thought of is that they'll. Oh, there are major disciplinary things that Ten Hag has dealt with, and he's done so well. And then you kind of don't want him to be making like other ones because then it becomes like a he's having to make a disciplinary statement every month, and it seems like it's overkill. Like with Fergie, you could count them on. Well, in the early days, you'd count them. You need both hands every season, but as they went on, as time went on, they were sparing, and there'd be big blowouts like Keane or. Canada, you know what I mean? There'd be a big blowout and then you move on from it. Um, yeah, but, obviously... but Wayne, Wayne, there was always some, um, the boss, you know, over his, over his time I was there and his time before I was there and the time after I was there, there was always things that went on, but we're in a different world now where players feel obliged that they've got to tell friends so they can get stories out there on social media. So that's, that's where we are with on one thing. But on the other side of it, there wasn't a board up, a big, there was, there was a notice board, but there wasn't a big thing up on rules. Yeah. You can't do this, you can't do that, you've got to be in before, you've got to do that. You know, we, we were young men, and we just had, and we, and we were kind of understood the rules, and what you learned was from the, from the rest of the players around you. Yeah. If, you don't, if you're not sure of it, you become a little bit of a sheep, and you follow them when you turn up as a newbie, and you see what they do, and you just follow them, along it and you learn as you go and that's and that's how it was with sir alex in charge you knew it you didn't you didn't there weren't big rule books and fineness there was there was fines going on all the time ones that mostly surpassed me but it, it wasn't made into a big drama because it was part and parcel people started making stories up about you know about marcus rashford not you know oh the team's doing this the team's doing that and he's dropping him over something like that it's it's ridiculous he's been doing this he's been doing that that for us we're going to miss him united still won the game yes he come on and he scored yes he made a difference but when you go and do it to a young player doesn't doesn't matter you have to do it even if it's one your best player or someone is important at that given time yeah. you have to carry it on because there's a lot of because it isn't a one-man team it's a, it, no it's, i use the word it's a squad there's a lot of players around and yeah. if you start making rules for one but not for the others or the rest of them whatever reason then you call yourself as a problem so that what he done there was right and he would have done that to anybody now those players know they're not indestructible under yeah. previous regimes. They're not indestructible. Doesn't matter how big they think they are, given the current climate. Doesn't matter what that how big that climate in that in that climate, how big they are, but they're they're not gonna get away with it. And he's made that already. And that something like that will happen again, but it won't happen as many times as what it was happening under previous managers. Yeah, absolutely. And that's um a huge testament to the manager as well. Uh, we do have a comment here. I did, did want to come to uh, Molman says the team needs to improve. Rashford is carrying us in attack. Maybe if we add another attacker doing bits like Paul say, his performances will improve. Well, we're not going to get an Eric Cantona or a Mark Hughes, but Paul, one name that has been linked quite closely, in fact, is Veghorst, the Dutch striker. He's on loan at Besiktas uh, from Burnley. 
signed from for Burnley at the start of last year. Um, six foot six, obviously made an impact in the World Cup in that game against Argentina. At first, I was looking at it thinking that it's like Igalo, it's one of those, you know, like short term things, and there's nothing really that's changed my mind about that. And then I look at him, I think he does bring something different. You know, there's height in there, there's presence, there's experience. And I don't think it's that bad a signing. The more that I think about it, maybe I'm just being still full of Christmas spirit, but I think it's not a bad signing. What do you think? Maybe you're delirious from from um <laughs> from that from that from that dodgy throat you got. Um I would I would term I look at it and I think like myself, I think everyone who is thinking who's kind of thinking like you're thinking, thinking, okay, yeah. It, it, he made a difference in that World Cup against Argentina. He does make, he did make a difference. His, his presence unsettled them over that given time, and and you could see he's got a little bit about him as well. He's got, you know, typically Dutch. He's he's got good technical ability as well. But everyone, the the um, everyone else, um, people who've ne- who are negative are kind of going, oh bloody hell, he was at he was at Burnley. And they're kind of going, well, he can't be that good at Burnley. And he couldn't even, you know, they sent him out on loan. Yeah. Well, maybe the players around him at Burnley and that in that level in the championship, they weren't playing to his strength. And his strength being six foot six is a bit like maybe Peter Crouch's strength. Peter Crouch's um, strength at six foot 20 wasn't the ball in the air nine times out of 10. Yeah. And maybe it didn't suit him that having to play that way. Maybe his ego said, going to say Rotherham or whoever's in that championship, that's not working for me. Does that make him a bad does that make him a bad person? Maybe a little bit shallow, but I think as as a footballer, I think we all are in our own way when we've had a taste of the good life. But I look at it and you can't fault the manager and everyone is and every player who's come in so far. So I think you've got to give him this little bit and say there's a method in in the madness what he's trying to do. He wants a focal point. If he's good enough for Van Hal, he says to himself, maybe he's good enough for me. Someone, obviously, who he respects a lot. Van Hal, I think, is involved in every, everything in Dutch football. Van Hal used him, and he, and he used him wisely. And maybe, given, given him, Eric Ten Hag would do exactly the same. But the one thing that Manchester United are missing is a focal point. So, somebody to play off. Someone who you can look at and go, they're trying to use him. Yeah. They're trying to give him the ball and bounce off of him. Could he make a difference to, say, a Marcus Rashford on the right-hand side? Yes, of course he can. Without a doubt, there's somewhat to play into, somewhat to run off. Maybe if he's going to jump for a ball, you think to yourself, there's a chance he's going to, there's a chance he's going to win it or he's going to affect the centre-half. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a gamble and make an unselfish run in behind him and go for it. Now, if you have boots on the other foot... If that was Martial doing it, you'll go, no, he doesn't really want to jump because he because he's thinking I might get hurt here. So are yeah. you gonna bother are you gonna bother running? No, not really. So I can see where he's going. He wants a focal point. Engalo, I I felt sorry for Engalo because he was brought into the club and he and the club done him no justice at all. Wasn't used, wasn't given the opportunity, didn't make any sense and Today's game, you you can afford to bring people in, pay them silly money, and not use them. Where before, under Sir Alex's regime, or during the people he is working for, he wasn't allowed to do that. He had to get rid of people, 
to bring other people in. So he had to almost make sure, guarantee, have to virtually guarantee, which you can't do, but that, but that was going to work. Now you can do that. And if it doesn't work, you go, go and off you go. There's a pot, there's a pot you can't afford to lose, and there's a pot which you can lose. And and I think he's in that second pot where he's taken a little bit of a punt and adding something different, which works within the budget that he's in. Yeah, yeah. And he's, the thing is, when you're looking at strikers, or you're looking at what's available, you really have to go for something that's distinctive, don't you? You have to go with something that's outside of the box, something that you don't have, and something that not many people have. And someone with that height and um, that kind of threat and presence, mm. like you said, Martial, even against, um, I forgot what the game was against just before Christmas, maybe Forrest, there was one of the games he just went completely missing. And it's like, you expect better from, you know what I mean? He, especially against the standard of opponents that we were played against. And that's yeah. the concern. Uh, well, that was, Wayne, that was a great thing about Sparky, you see. I mean, I always relate, Sparky was, you know, one of the, when I was playing in the middle, always, I always used, had to get up against Sparky all the time, play against him. It's between me and big Alan McDonald. Alan McDonald felt, felt he could fight fire with fire. And I, that's, that wasn't my way because cause Sparky was, if I did that one, I was always going to lose. But even if Sparky's having a bad game, and Sparky had some bad games for Manchester United, he's human. But you ask that centre forward, did he have an easy job? And that centre forward would would just look at you and it doesn't matter as much as they snarl at each other. That, that centre half would have so much respect for Sparky. Because yeah. he never stopped. He knew that he had him in his pocket, but Sparky was trying so hard to get out of his pocket. He didn't give in. When you look at Martial, the moment it doesn't go his way, he gives in. He doesn't keep trying. He doesn't make it difficult. So he doesn't say, well, I'm not going to get there. I'm going to try and make sure that clearance doesn't go as far as he wants it to go. I'm not going to knock him slightly off balance just to see if I can get away with it to make something happen. He doesn't do it. And I just think that's what Ten Hag's looking for. Somebody who can give them something when things ain't going right for them or the team. Make something out of nothing. Martial, you're looking for something out of nothing. You're looking for that unbelievable technical ability, that change of pace over those two, three yards, which he's got in abundance, but he doesn't use enough. And and, and, and he's run out of patience with it now. He, He's had to let someone go, which caused him problems, which he maybe, fingers crossed, hoping he could get something from him. Didn't materialise, went away, and it went away as a bad smell in the end. He's had to put trust in Martial, which he knew was, it wasn't, believed it wasn't going to work, was hoping it was going to work. Every fan was hoping it was going to work, but after five, six, seven years, I don't know how long he's, he's been now, for 50-odd million, it's been poor, the poor return on, on an investment. So he's going down a different path, and I think he has to do it because if he doesn't bring someone in, he's going. Him and the club are going to get persecuted. I think the club first and him second. Everyone will say about Joe Felix. Now there must be something. I saw something on Twitter the other day. Um, him, um, Verhoek for um, Verhoek, I should say, for six months, or um, Joe Felix, and they're saying the money's the same. No, there's something, there must be something amiss there or something wrong. The reason why he can't go for Joe Felix, there might be something you need to guarantee that you're going to buy him, maybe, which he, maybe at this time he mostly couldn't do it because of the, the payment structure or the, the way the club works. But there's a reason why he's going down it because 
because Dal Felix, for me, you look at it as the way the club is, the way the club, he he fits the bill being a Manchester United player. Yeah, absolutely. In everything. But you look at the other side of it and you go, well, no, not on a long-term basis. Well, it isn't long-term. It's to, to, get, to get over a period of time looking to get to full yeah. spot. And that's having a focal point. Is he going to be fit for the remaining games? Well, there's more chance of him being fit than Martial. Martial, things aren't going right for him. I think we have to say there's every chance that all of a sudden he's going to get an injury. Yeah. And he needs someone to go in. And, and obviously there's nothing sitting underneath underneath the, say, 16, 17 players who's good enough to go and play centre-forward for Manchester United. Yeah, you know, don't have a, a great number there. They've got Charlie McNeil, who a lot of hopes are based on it. Um, him doing well in the future, but he's not getting, he's not around the squad at the moment. He's still cutting his teeth in the um, lower, in the underage brackets. Um, brings me on to the game. We're playing Charlton tomorrow in the quarterfinal of the League Cup. They're in League One, so it's a, a game where, you know, theoretically, Tenor could rotate. He could even bring in Charlie McNeil into the squad if he wanted. Could even start him if he felt bold enough to do that. And then you've got the double-edged sword. And I know that we we talk about it nearly every week. There is a good conversation to have when we're playing well. United are on this good run. They're coming up to games where they're going to be playing City, now Palace, because that game's been rearranged. And then Arsenal. This would be a game you would say United will, will rest some players. But they've also got the momentum going and the good performances. So it's a double-edged sword. Do you take out nine or ten players or do you... Do you make just four or five changes and then bring the the better players off if the game's settled? Uh, what 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 would you do with this game? Would you make the wholesale changes? Is this the one way you feel comfortable in doing that? Um, after after the weekend and especially after yesterday, I wouldn't go with wholesale changes. I don't think there's a good enough squad to go and do that. Yeah, I really don't. And I think there's a lot of fans who would who would agree with me. You still, you still keep a heartbeat there. You still keep a pulse there, without a shadow of a doubt. You keep a, that bit of momentum going. People, you know, if someone was to go and get injured, they'll go, oh, you shouldn't have played in this plane. That could be any game. If we're going down that line, yeah. you know, it's, it's madness. At the end of the day, someone's going out to work and all the same, saying happens, you know, it's fair enough. Then, you, then you've got to look at another alternative. But you can't just wrap something up in cotton wool because you're saying, oh, we've got a more important game. Charlton's important for the club because they don't want to suffer the same embarrassment as what Aston Villa are going through this morning. So they can't, they can't afford to make wholesale changes. There is always a time. You look at it, things are going well at the moment to bring in young players. And I've said that, so I'm not going to go the other side of it and say... Well, we can't do it, can't do it because of the run they're on, and you know Charlton. You can't take them lightly, given what's happened to Aston Villa, given what's happened to Newcastle, and all the other sides who had problems from the um, Premier League. I can, if you're talking about making one major change and him coming in for Martial, I would go yes, because the players around him have still got that. We're unbeaten. We've got a good run. We're playing well collectively as a team. We know what we're doing. There's that belief. I think that's that's absolutely perfect. That's absolutely perfect. That is no different to what the boss would do on that on that time early on when when those when those boys from '92 were coming through. 
but to go out and make a wholesale change just like this off the back of a good run while still as much as anything the club if the club is still you know there's a great there's a great record great run going but still you know it's still the ice is getting slightly thicker but still I wouldn't put my hand up and say you know put say it's done and dusted in that sense so I would understand if he was to go and do that and keep everything else around and keep things going right so the so the lad would go on that pitch and look at those players around him and go wow rather than put other players around him who haven't played hardly played any games haven't played any games and all of a sudden you're all trying to knit together when you when it's a different level to knit together because you're not playing in whatever league they call it now whatever it's called the league underneath wherever they've been playing in and as well you don't want you know certain players are coming in going oh well i'm only playing this because it's just a Mickey Mouse game against against Charlton and FA Cup. I'm not even involved at the weekend. What am I doing here? It's a waste of time. Doesn't matter what I do. All the excuses going through going through pros' head at any given time. Yeah. Got to take got to take it serious, Wayne. As far as I'm concerned, because the last thing you need now it doesn't matter having a great run in the Premier League. The embarrassment of you know being knocked out of an FA Cup or fighting hard to get past Charlton. Is not the kind of thing that the, that the club needs at this moment in time or the squad needs at this moment because they're on a good run, playing decent football, winning games in a good fashion. So don't want to lose that gut, don't want to lose that, lose that momentum yeah. because, because of that. No, I, I absolutely agree. And I do think McNeil, he's a name that I chose because yeah. he's, the, he's the only real striker that you would see breaking through, but... Yeah, I think he's a long way off, and as I say a long way off, he's some way off uh, being included. So that I'd, I don't even think putting him in as a replacement for Martial and keeping the others, I don't think that would be feasible. You're probably looking at four or five changes using the squad, and then hopefully getting a two or three goal lead. I don't want to take it too much for granted, but getting that kind of lead, and then bringing Casemiro off, bringing Varane off, wrapping them up in Cottonwell for the weekend. Um, so let's talk about that one. Um, see, looking a little bit ominous now. Yesterday drew against Everton, but it was so easy for them against Chelsea in the Cup. Uh, United have improved. Um, but this is a... You look at the players, and I think more than the players, and we, we've looked at... We've just talked about the good run of the form and momentum. What do you think? Do you think that this is a big test for Ten Hag? Because, I mean, you could argue that he was too just against City in the away game, and that's why we got battered. Do you think he's now going to be, you know, especially being at home, looking at, we said before, it wouldn't hurt him to look at tips of what Ollie did. I know that the players are a bit different. You know, they can defend a little bit higher on the pitch and everything like that. But it's, it's a real test of Ten Hag to see how far he's come in the understanding of his squad since the last time we played City, isn't it? Oh, it is, but you you don't know at the moment which city you're going to get. Are you going to get a city against Everton or a city against City yesterday? And all of a sudden, if you're um, if you're Pep Guardiola, you're very happy in the sense of you're going you're going into a you're going into a big game, you know, on the back of a decent performance. You know, one of their better this that's their best performance since you know since this since this competition started again. So, um, so it is, you know, so, you know, as you, I think United fans, they'd be a little bit kind of go, oh, just gone and scored four, could have maybe scored more. 
defended well and they did it without Haaland playing, without their better players as such. Yeah. Um, the key players not sitting on the bench, not injured, sitting on the bench. And he didn't, he didn't even have to panic to bring them on to chase the game. But I would say at the moment, oh, this could come back and bite me, but you look at over the, over the years, this is the best situation United have been in going to a game against City because normally I'll be saying to you, well, you know, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be trying my best not to say that I can't see United winning. Last year, last year when we played Liverpool and lost 5-0, we had City as the next home game and everyone mm. expected exactly the same. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the bit I don't want to go to because I believe they're in the best, the best shape they've been in to face City in a long, long time. And you can talk about what Oli done against them, but that was just, I wasn't, I mean, we can, people say, oh, that was great. That was tactic. What he done there was tactically great. What about the other games? <laughs> Beating yeah. City, I mean, you expect the players to be up for that anyway up for that game and give everything they've got because what it, what it means to that to Manchester and you and you living in Manchester and to, to be able to walk around Manchester performance and a result. Yeah. But the other games are, you know, coming you know, coming to your equation as well over a season. But um this is this is one of them that I think is is just it's, it's even for me now and how cynical I can be, I'm I'm not really sh- sure in this one because the way United are at this moment, I look at them defensively, they're, they're in a better shape now. You know, you know they've only got a World Cup winner to come back into the back four as well, which, which will make a difference without, without a doubt. Him and Varane together play very well. Um, you look at Luke Shaw, his form, you know, maybe over the last month and a half is the last six weeks. Or when since we've come saying that over over the season so far, Luke Shaw will be up there as player of the season. If we're looking at if we're looking at it as we do, we look at the, the last few games. We turn around and say when he's been moved around, he yeah. hasn't you know he, he hasn't faltered at all. Everything has been spot on what he's done. You can see he's, he's playing with a kind of arrogance that he believes in his own ability as well. His his whole persona is just on a major high. Everything and I'm the one that was always with Luke Shaw. He's at his most vulnerable when he's playing well because all of a sudden he gets in the comfort zone and he hasn't he hasn't done that yet, Wayne, has he? Everything has still been tip top. He's looking after himself and that's why he is he is what he is at this moment in time. I think the the club and the team are in a great shape going into the derby game at the at the weekend. But you know, it's still there's a, there's still an obstacle in the way, and and that's to get to get past Charlton, that's yeah. to get past them in the same fashion, yeah. in the same fashion they've been doing it with everyone else. Yes, it's scoring an early goal and to make sure that they're right and deliver a performance. That that's Manchester United. Yeah, uh, a couple of comments in from Patrick says Happy New Year. Ari, um, happy new year to you as well, Patrick. Hope you well. Um, he says Ari selection for Charlton. It does seem we have a high volume of high intensity games now with the Palace game being sandwiched between those. Absolutely, and would it make sense to manage Varane and Casemiro's minutes given how important? I think we just went over that. Yeah, it would. But you've also because they are important. You don't want to take them out at the same time because it's so important, especially Casemiro, to the pace of the game. Patrick says, loving the Eric Ten Hag look I'm sporting in 2023. It's actually inspired 
by Paul. Don't tell him. <laughs> I've gone for the Paul. <laughs> Paul. Um, and he says, not getting carried away, but I do detect some slight follows we see this season, just as Paul said earlier, despite the beast they now have up front. They are beatable at Old Trafford with Eric Tenog's version of United. I do want to, before we close then, just a quick one, Paul, on that. Because people are talking about what to expect of United this season. And I guess that's the difference going into this game. Yes, in the past, we've looked at City and it's just been the City game and what that means. But now it's like, it, it matters something to our own ambition. And I guess that what I want to ask is, what is that ambition for you now? Because a lot of people are trying to, um, they're trying to sort of mischievously put United in a title race. And a lot of people still say top four. My concern is not so much that we're overachieving. I don't think that we are. And we should never think that United should never be in a position where you're saying they're overachieving. But I do think it's fair to say we're ahead of schedule. We've got a, a definite identity. We're in a stronger run of form than we might have expected, especially considering the start of the season. We've got strong guidance. We've got a lot of players who were marginalised, who were responding well to the manager. You've just mentioned one show. Rashford's another one that we've talked about. As as that changed, as it revised the ambition for this season, you're looking at the City and Arsenal games and thinking, well, if we win those or if we get good results in those, that we might be in a title race. Or do you think it's wise to just say, whoa, hold back a minute, it's still a top four place that we're looking at? I would... Let's put it this way. If they were to go and get results against City and against Arsenal, as much as you want to say, hold a minute, it's top four. It's like Arsenal position at the moment. Arsenal fans would love to, you know, initially said, oh, hold on a minute. <clears throat> as you, there's a load, you know, lot of, I've, got all, I've got them all round by me. I'm predominantly West Ham, Tottenham and Arsenal. You know, they are the three teams this area I live in. Um, but all of a sudden they were saying, hold on a minute, don't be silly now. It's going to be City's title. Top, you know, top four, that's what he wants. Got to finish in the top four Champions League next season. Our tax has done great. They're sitting at the top of the league, and there's a, there's a reason why they're sitting there with the, with, the, with the deficits in the points between them and City and Newcastle. It's because they've been playing decent football and they've won games that they've deserved to win. And that's why it gives those Arsenal fans to talk about winning the title. Yeah. They're not just there by luck, they're not winning it on counter attacks, they're not coming back from 2-0 downs and winning 3-2. They're winning games comfortably in a good fashion. Yeah. The team are. I'm not sure about the way the manager's reacting to it. I think he's kind of... He, 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 seems to, he needs to control himself or affect his players. Because if he's not disciplined on the touchline, he's going to lose the players on the pitch. So um, that's the only thing that's going against them on that side. So if United were to go and take four points out of those two games... I think you have to believe that there's an opportunity to go and to go to go and achieve something. And everyone say, "Would well, a squad this? It's not big enough." And do well, you know, two years ago, no one would have said that Arsenal would be looking like they are in in this league at this moment in time. Yeah, it was it was impossible to say that. So things have changed slightly. Where you need millions and millions to go and put yourself in a position to win a league. Maybe if you only utilise a certain amount of players at any given time, they will stick together, want to play and get unity and continuity to take you over the line. Maybe football 
maybe going back a little bit, I'm only saying maybe, to how it used to be, yeah. rather than trying to choose from 30-odd players and keeping them all happy and losing momentum because you've got ring-rusty ring rusty players that you're having to play because, one, they're miserable, two, they're affecting other players, and three, you need to appease the people who are paying someone 300 grand a week, but you don't fancy them because they've been thrown in your face by a director of, a director of football. Yeah. So... Maybe, maybe, because Arsenal aren't using a lot of players at this moment in time and haven't used a lot of players at this moment in time. You know, yeah. so, and I can't, also, and I think we're going to, we, I haven't heard it yet, but the moment something goes wrong with Arsenal, guarantee a football fan will say, oh, but he's used the players all wrong, they play too many games, they're tired. Yeah. Which we all, which I know is a load of rubbish absolute rubbish but it's, a, but it's a good excuse to use because you can pump that around and it gets in people's heads so I think if it takes four points over those two fixtures I think that if they get into that top four playing the way they are playing I, I really think you know there's a good battle on and United are fighting to win the league yeah um, I'm, it's going back six years but Leicester are also a good point to that you know that you could name 14 or 15 players that was in their, their main squad and then you wouldn't really you'd be struggling after that so it's it does show the the value of a good nucleus in that side and 100%. United have definitely got that at the moment we mentioned it earlier in the pod yeah it will be interesting to cover those next couple of podcasts anyway um, I know Paul said that he might be running, it might be difficult for me to drag him on but if we get good results I'm sure it'll be a bit easier to do that and to be fair in past seasons, I've not really looked forward to the big game podcasts because of you know the trepidation that comes with what the results would be like. But um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what Tenog can do, knowing that he's going to be taking responsibility for that in a way. And you've got a lot of players who now um, seem to be taking positive accountability. You know, and yes, Maguire running onto the pitch and getting a, a, an armband, but Varane. Martinez, Casemiro, you've definitely got players in there who, who want the ball. You know, they want the ball and they want to play with it rather than just break it away. So they're definitely going to be an interesting one, to say the least. Um, thanks, everyone, for sticking with the podcast and, and watching and listening. If you've enjoyed it, uh, please like and subscribe on YouTube and get your comments in after on the replay as well, because we do feel uh, we do still comment on the replies that we get and if you're listening back on the audio podcast please be sure to give us a review and subscribe on the platform you're listening on we'll be back next week to talk about that game against city and Charlton. until then stay safe and stay well thanks for watching and listening away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.